Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 29 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Adam, how the hell are you doing? So, um, all good, but, you know, drug-addled and all that. Um, Drug-addled? Yeah. It's a callback to SummerSlam 92. Well, I've not gone full Davy Boy I'm or, or, or even Hawk. I, I'm just... Uh, it's, it's prescription medication, but I think it's probably best to just say it because if I sound a bit high, I have I have a real excuse. There 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 is one, you know. Okay, we don't so. we don't want our four listeners getting concerned about you. And- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want them thinking, "Oh no, he's got a problem" or something. Well, I do have a problem, which is you know this. You watch wrestling a lot. It's, it's this like illness that sounds like it, it shouldn't even exist anymore. But, um, yeah, the, I have, I have gout, which means my, my toe and well, my foot in general is massive, but I needed pain relief. So they gave me pain relief. So yeah. Is it, is it coming down? You, you yeah, described it as gargantuan the other day. Yeah. Coming down? Y- yeah. It's, I, I can see the swellings reduced quite a lot. Um, but it's, it's not back to normal size yet. Um, but when it was at its worst, it was incredibly painful and there was no sleep or anything like that because it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's like having toothache, that th- sort of mm. throbbing, constant feeling, but in your toe. Uh, it's just horrible. That does sound horrible. It, it sounds like we're experiencing quite similar um, pains, but mine's was elective. Um, full disclosure, I am also under the influence of um, pain medication. As I say, mine's was elective, and I am also experiencing a toothache-like aching in, a, in another in, a, well, in another region that is not my foot or my teeth. So, <laughs> aye, if we don't make sense in this episode, I wouldn't make that a much difference compared to normal. Yeah, I was wondering if we would make sense to each other if neither of us were making... I guess we'll figure it out as we go. It could, it could be a lot more entertaining than it normally is. Yeah. So, last show, we had an absolute banger. Uh, SummerSlam 2002 was, I mean, that was that was like the pinnacle of uh, of of probably everything we've watched so far. So, um, I tried to to keep that momentum going. Enjoyed Triple H in that last SummerSlam against Shawn Michaels. Tried to keep it going with with my pick. Um, which is no way out. Two thousand and one. Um, so, so two thousand and one. Adam got a lot, some little interesting tidbits about two thousand and one here. If you're interested, oh, hit me. Yeah, February two thousand and one, to to be precise. Simpler times, would you say? Uh, it certainly seems like it. Looking back at the time, I don't know. Michael Cole still had frosted tips. 
Nice. There was only one heavyweight championship belt being fought for, which was interesting and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, wrestlers could legitimately ask someone what without a whole arena <laughs> screaming it. Uh, WCW were on their last legs, as were ECW, which is a little bit sad. Um, Atomic Kitten mm-hmm. want, wanted to make us whole again. Huh. Wheatus were singing about being teenage dirtbags. Nice. And uh, Papa Roach were um, contemplating suicide. Oh, that's not, yeah. I, I mean, apart from that, it was simpler times. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're. I think it's widely accepted that we're on the back end of the attitude era here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny. T- it's kind of like it, it. It feels like that's over and it's transitioning. But it's to, to me, it, it, I don't know if it knows what it's transitioning to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a funny. It's a funny era. It is. Yeah. And and this pay per view, February twenty twenty one, February twenty twenty one, February two thousand and one, <laughs> um, we are one pay per view out from what is arguably the greatest pay per view all time, WrestleMania seventeen. Nice, but you wouldn't know it because <laughs> this was shit. <laughs> let's, wow! Let's see what you thought. <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, we're in Las Vegas, the fight capital of the world, uh, and we have, for what is the last time in, in quite some time, JR and Jerry King Waller in commentary. Um, uh, okay. King, King famously hangs up um, in protest because his wife at the time got the sack. I don't know what she did. Maybe refused to join right to censor. Uh, and, and that's why we've got Heyman on WrestleMania 17 and that amazing uh, team of, of Heyman and JR on commentary for WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I used to get a lot. I loved JR and King early on and then it felt like it got pretty old. So I, I think I quite enjoyed this change when it came. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to see... Jerry Lawler a little later on, and um, and Miss Kitty as well. Um, I've, there's some interesting stuff about in JR's book about he was obviously in the tough situation of they were quite close, and he's having to fire the wife, mm. and then Aye. seeing his his friend and colleague walk with her. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. It's an odd one. Um, I will get we'll get into it once when we get on to uh, that yeah. match. Well, I, I actually forgot that. that that King was fine on this, right? Let's 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 jump into this absolute fuck show of a first match, the Hardcore Championship. <laughs> our, our boy Raven, who's a champion, um, he came from ECW, so obviously he's in the Hardcore stuff. So he's a Hardcore Champion fighting the Big Show, um, yep. and straight off the bat, Jr. says that Big Show made his debut at No Way Out in nineteen ninety nine. He d- he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't do that, Jr. Oh no! I love you, Jr. But no, he didn't. It was Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. That's right, and it was such a good debut. He should remember oh, that. God, that's Paul White. <laughs> what was he thinking? Um, and also, as is it as Ravens? No, as Big Show's walking out, someone in a gimp suit attacks him. Yeah. Who Jr. refers to as a ninja lady. Yeah. What was this shit? <laughs> 
I don't know. <sighs> Apparently it was Tory. Yeah, so I think that that is where it goes to storyline, isn't it? But none of that's confirmed today, is it? I think it's it's left as a mystery ninja. Oh, really? I th- or unless I missed that. Was Tory the one that was in DX for a cup of coffee? I think so. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I feel like this match, possibly... Not really, with the exception of any match on the card, actually. This match is like a a metaphor for this pay-per-view. <laughs> Just chaos. Nonsense you, and chaos. You know, I always said before that um, some of the pay-per-views we've talked about, you start off a show with a banger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a match that gets the crowd into it. Um, like, quite often either a, a really good wrestling match or like a lucha-style match yeah, or something like that. Mysterio, Mysterio Angle in that last one we watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this this is not good. No. <laughs> it's, oh, I mean, I know the hardcore title, they, they had the rule, you know, you could win at any time, you were defending it constantly and all that, but the... Even what they wanted to do here, I think, was to get quite a few people involved, have a few people in the card, have a few changes of title as it goes. It just felt like it wasn't well done, even mm-hmm. if that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. I think the best, like the hardcore title was a, it was like a moment in time, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And obviously they tried to recapture that with that 24-7 title that they did quite recently. Um, I feel like the best thing that they ever did with a hardcore title would probably be in around about 99, 2000. Do you remember they did a Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2000? And yeah. that was a bit of a... It was just a bit silly. Uh-huh. Um, but it was quite good fun. Yeah. And I remember, I want to say, around about SummerSlam 99, you had Al Snow and, and Bossman um, yeah. like fighting in the streets and they were, in, they were in a pub and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like It had its place and it was quite good fun. But mm-hmm. I don't see kicking off the show like this. It's just nah. awful. Put me off this, immediately. I think this the, the way you would get away with something like this is if it was positioned between two really good wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, you bring them down with just a nonsense silliness. But the thing about this, you, you talked, I think, quite rightly about how you had like silly battle royals and stuff like that. And I think they knew that they were silly. I don't know that this match knew that it was silly. No. Um, it's like it was trying to be serious. Uh, uh, especially uh, when, when Big Show's in it and he's looking all angry and stern. and Yeah. Uh, remember like remember Hogan, Big Show? Yeah. When he was being released. Yeah. Like that version of him would have worked in this. And he yeah. could have just hoid all these different people that were interfering about the place, but... I think yeah. I think I generally have an issue with this pay per view, and it feels like I said this to you on text. It feels like they're just trying to shoe. They've got this gigantic roster mm-hmm. um, of stars, and they're just trying to shoehorn as many people onto it as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, and this match, Raven versus Big Show, you've also got Crash Holly, Steve Blackman, Hardcore Holly, the one Billy Gunn. Uh, yeah. So Molly I'm, I'm, Holly. I'm assuming um, the outlaws, uh, the new age outlaws, had um, had their <laughs> the their split, <laughs> had had their split, and they were trying to make a a bigger thing of Billy Gunn. I know they did that for a little while, 
Um, yeah, is this, is this the year he won the King of the Ring, maybe? I think it probably must be around then. Um, I I know that like I've heard stories about why it because he you know he had a good look and all that, but it just never really worked. He was he was far better in a tag than he was as a singles. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there were stories like he he was apparently quite badly asthmatic, so being in a tag team gave him a breather um, rather than being going at you know a pretty fast pace for for any amount of time. Just little Sh- things like that. But should have tried a steroid inhaler. Oh yeah, those work wonders. Um, but I, I, I always thought it was more just. I, I think he needed Road Dog next time. Uh, I think uh, so too. He uh, um, just didn't have that charisma. Did yeah. It? Nah. Um, and the one Billy Gun's just a Mister Ass was a better gimmick than the one Billy Gun is rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, do we want to say that much about this? Is popcorn in the ring? Ah, oh, there's a, yeah, there's a popcorn vendor. Which is it? Is it Crash Holly? It's Crash Holly, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a few switches a title. Um, I can't remember who all who all wins that. I think Blackman wins at a point. Um, Raven, uh, I think Billy, Billy Gunn Billy wins Gunn. at a point, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then Big Show kind of wins it back at the end, uh, having won it earlier on. So he's won it a couple of times, I think, throughout mm. this mess. Um, yeah, it's just terrible. There was quite a good story I heard about Raven. Um, on on a podcast, I, I can't remember which podcast it was, but I know you and I both liked the character. Thought it was an interesting character and all that, um, and particularly like ECW, where probably went a bit far at times with some things. That uh, they, they had, uh, it must have been Eric Bischoff's podcast because he was talking about uh, one week he was talking about the fact he just didn't he didn't like him, which made it very hard for him to invest <laughs> in the character, and. Uh, he said so like he was just kind of you know, he was always moody, he would never agree with anything, he was just kind of an asshole. And then they must have between that and the next podcast had like a, a star cast or something like that. Right. Um and Conrad had ran had, had, had Raven at it, uh, and spoke to him and said, Hey, you should have heard what Bishop said about you. Said you were an asshole. He was like, <laughs> Well, in, in WCW. It's like, yeah, he's like, I was. I was a massive <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's class. Yeah, that's uh, it's about the most interesting thing I can think to bring to this. <laughs> no, it's no good. It's no good at all. Um, cool. Should we just should we just move on? Yeah, uh, big show leaves with the belt. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Kurt Angle, the WWF champion, at this point, uh, arriving in a limousine, and Kevin Kelly is there to interview him. Um, so just a bit. I, I do. I, I do quite like what he says. He says something like. Las Vegas has got the highest percentage of losers in the country, or something like that. Like yeah. that's got a bit of nuance to it. It's not just yeah, GP. yeah. It's not- it like actually makes sense as far as Vegas is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. That's basically it. Yep. Um, then we are straight into an intercontinental. No, we're not. We're not. We're 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 with Lillian um, Garcia. Did you ever look up what X Pac said about her after our conversation? No, I didn't. I, I completely forgot. Okay. Well, keep that one in the tuck <laughs> for a rainy day when your foot's sore. Um, we've got Lillian Garcia, and she is with the Rabid Wolverine and Eddie Guerrero. And they're talking about how they're going to... How how are they going to work together in a fatal four-way match? Um, it's all quite generic promos. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're kind of guaranteeing that one of them will leave with the title. Um, 
which is you know that's it's it's an interesting thing when you're playing into the story of two my memory is they were always either directly or indirectly kind of aligned in their whole WWE run mm-hmm. Benoit and Guerrero mm-hmm. um so it's you know it's fully believable that they might look at some kind of logic and they've got heat with the other two participants and they might they might look and think it's going to be one of us, but then as soon as the match starts, well, which one of us is it going to be? You right. know, um, and I, I quite like that side of the story. So I thought it was a well placed having the the interview beforehand. Um, and you know, Benoit was never the best talker, but I think with somebody else there with him, it's uh, that helps a bit. Ah, it works. It works. I, I think in retrospect, Benoit wasn't that actually that bad a talker. It's just the era that he wrestled in. They probably have yeah. much guys that are much better at promos. Yeah, not many guys much better at wrestling, but uh, no. plenty much better at promos. But yeah, um, see, I, I, I quite like the story around this match. Um, but, you know, the, and most of the participants, probably all of the participants are, are known to be good in the ring as well. Mm-hmm. So I was I was quite enthusiastic for this. I was thinking this this should be quite, quite good fun. Um, and they were talking early on when we start the match they were talking about the fact that um, Jericho doesn't have to lose um, mm-hmm. to to lose his belt, which I again I quite like. Is just a, it's a really simple story, but it's a story in a fatal four way that you know you have to be on guard for anything else that's happening. You have to try and break up a pin or a submission or anything mm-hmm. like that. So you, you kind of know that going in. And yeah, then yeah. The, he's, he's like got a target on his back. He's a he's, he's yeah. backs against the wall, isn't it? And then you've got um, Benoit and Guerrero with their sort of natural story of, you know, friends that are working together, but are they? And at what point will it fall apart? And it was only, he's a good worker and I've nothing against him being in the match, but X-Pac felt like a little bit of a, just a thrown in element. Some deals. Aye. Aye. Yeah. I thought that as well. Yep. So you've you've laid it out there. We've got X-Pac versus Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit versus the Intercontinental Champion Chris Jericho. Um, I felt that overall, this this again just felt just really chaotic. Again, it's like you've just sort of touched on it there. It's like four people crammed into the one match. Um, As well as the four people, we've also got somebody else interfering. We've got Just Incredible. Uh, I don't know if at this point X Factor's a thing. I don't think so, but probably getting to that I think it'll soon be, yeah. Um, Yeah. But... On the flip side, you got four, like some of the technical moves that we're seeing here are class. Yeah, and I know what you mean about chaotic because I suppose the from a story point of view, your your natural starting point is Benoit and Guerrero go after one guy each, um, yeah. so they're not facing off on each other. And then if you can take somebody out for any amount of time, you can double team whoever's still left and involved. Um, I think it's easier when it's a a, a three way dance because you can have a big move that eliminates one person and you can kind of rotate that. Uh-huh. Um, and then that, that leaves you periods of a match that are just one-on-one. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's not as bad as like a Battle Royal or something like that where there's just too much going on and you really can't focus on any individual thing. But even in a match like this, if if it's two matches effectively going on in front of you, you kind of don't know where to look. There's a lot going on, aye. And yeah. that, that's exactly what happens. X-Pac gets taken out pretty early on um, and we see Ben Wang Guerrero double-teaming Jericho and go to town on him. Um, yeah. King says a really unfortunate line. 
Uh, I, th- I think they're talking about the gold and how the people in the ring will do anything for the gold. Oh, no. And he said, these people in the ring don't care about their families, JR. Oh, no. They care about the gold. Oh, 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 I didn't pick up on that. Oh, that is very unfortunate. It is. I think um, in the last episode, we were marvelling at Guerrero versus Edge, I want to say. Was yeah. That? Yeah, yes. and, and Benoit versus dear someone. Oh. Um, both were both were brilliant matches, um, and I don't know if you remember, but the the previous pay per view of this at the Royal Rumble two thousand and one, Jericho and Benoit have um, what is in my opinion one of the best ladder matches ever. Uh huh. Um, so yeah. like the the pedigree's there to have an amazing match, but it's just I just going back to what you said, I just feel like there's too much going on. Yeah, I mean, if you had um, like two one-on-one matches involving these participants, you would get two stronger matches than this one match what you've got. No. is. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think for me watching it, the the story between Benoit and Guerrero kind of kept it ticking along because initially I'm waiting for them to turn on each other because it's inevitable. It's it's going to happen. They both. Uh, want to be champion. So when when that starts happening, um, and there's a couple of moments where, like certainly the first moment where Guerrero breaks up, it's either a pin or submission that Ben was got on someone. Yeah, um, he's got and a cross then, face on somebody maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. And and, and then you know Guerrero's kind of he's he's done it and he's broken up, but he's doing that sort of heelish, false apologetic, <laughs> you know. And he's he's just so good at that kind of thing, um, but then you know it, it ends up with them basically brawling, um, and then I, I always enjoy like you've mentioned. I think the the ladder match just before. I always think Benoit and Jericho have have good chemistry. Great chemistry. And you, get, you, you get a really good match. But I'm sure I've heard Jericho say before that you know they they both like to work pretty stiff, so things are going to look like they hurt. Um, and that they would just lay into each other, um, and it it just works. They've mm. they've 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 got that connection. I mean, I don't really think there's there's much. To, there's a couple of spots. Jericho sticks basically goes through, progresses through each guy, sticks the walls on, yeah, on each guy. Just incredible comes down to help out X Pac. Doesn't really isn't really that. Um, it doesn't really do very much, <laughs> nah. really. Um, <laughs> And and at some point Jericho rolls up X back to get a quick, a quick one two three, and he's at the ring and he's away. Um, I thought, like you say, two stories. Jericho kind of being the wanted man and and sort of dipping in and out, and uh, and Jericho uh, Benoit and Guerrero. Uh, there was there was something. This is a little bit uh, off script, but there was something I was reading about. Um, there's no when... script for this. Tell people there's a script. <laughs> There's someone I was reading about uh, when Jericho joined WWE. So he, he, he debuted, you know, they had the Y2J countdown yeah. clock and all that. And yep. then he comes out and the Rock's in the ring and they exchange promos, basically. One of the best um, debuts all time? I, th- I think so. I remember it grabbed me at the time. And I suppose the only disappointment is they've they've basically debuted him at main event level and then he does drift down a bit, but he gets back uh, up there. Uh, um, uh. And I think he's talked himself about maybe not really doing himself justice in the, the early stages of his career, but he gets there. Um, but they, they apparently, 
um, were very keen, WWE, specifically to sign one of the workers, you know, one of the proper wrestlers from WCW. Right. And Jericho was one that's contract came up at the right time and they were able to bring him in. And apparently when he was debuting, the WCW talent, because uh, it must have been a, both shows live at the time, um, were all like round the monitor watching. And much as he rated him as a talent, there's there's a theory that the reason McMahon positioned him right from the start against The Rock was he wanted all the other proper wrestlers in WCW to see it because there had always been a fear that if I go over there, I'll I'll drop down the card, I'll be buried or or whatever. Um, So if you think about him doing that, and then I don't know how many months or it might have been up to a year later, they bring in Benoit, Mm. Guerrero, you know, because they no longer have that fear of, will I just be buried? When I when I joined, which is actually is really clever. It's a clever way to do it. I believe um, it. Hundred percent believe it. Um, yeah, just a, I can't remember where I read it, but just an interesting note about that debut and um, that it was all really thought through from a WWE side. And I would pro I would uh, speculate that he's probably doing the exact same with Cody Rhodes right now. Yeah, yeah, I would think so because you know there's bound to be a point where. I suppose uh, MGF's the one I keep hearing about. You know, there'll be a big contract comes up and uh, if they can take a top talent back, you know, quite a few have gone the other way, but if they can bring one the other way, then uh, it would maybe strike a bit of a blow. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, So from from the Intercontinental title match, we go to WWF New York and we see Buster Rhymes in the crowd at WWF New York. Yeah. I mean, he's getting fired I, up. Yeah. I remember. I always thought it must be cool as hell to go to WWF New York, and then apparently it was losing money like every day, and uh, must have been a really prime location that they paid a hell of a lot for to be in. And um, they made it like I think it was a restaurant through the day, then a nightclub at night or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, it just kept losing money. But whenever I saw it on TV, I thought I bet it'd be cool to like watch a pay per view from there. Do you know, I went to New York, I'm trying to remember when I went, but I went to New York with mom and dad, maybe in 2002, maybe 2003. Anyway, I went and it closed like, you know, like a month before we got there or something like that. And I was absolutely devastated. Got it. (laughs) Just got straight back on the plane. (laughs) Um, So they're speaking to Test and uh, for all the testicles out there, Test says... (laughs) He's looking forward, because they're, they're talking about the next matchup, which is going to be Trish Stratus versus Stephanie McMahon. Oh, um, Test, who has previously been romantically involved with Stephanie at this point, and I want to say Trish would have been his manager, would he? Yeah. Would have been TNA manager before this? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. He says he's looking forward to finding out who the biggest trash bag hoe is. That's that charisma they're looking for, Test. <laughs> um, uh, I always hate seeing Stephanie wrestling. She always wears what appears to be her jammies. Yeah, I mean, she's. Th- this is. All of this is bad. The only thing that I quite liked about this <laughs> was uh, I really like uh, William Regal's facial reactions to things when they're going on because I think he's just really good at that. Uh, that's good. Um, and obviously. You've got this situation with Vince telling him beforehand that, you know, 
he knows what to do. He knows what he has to do. And Regal clearly has absolutely no idea. Oh yeah, what Vince oh, yes, Mr. McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is this like the the point in time where like Linda is weirdly comatose in a wheelchair. Um, <laughs> yes. And you know, I, I think you know, Trish ends up being a very good wrestler. To be fair, but I, I imagine at this point she's maybe not quite there yet, or maybe she's just not getting the opportunity to 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 do that yet. But um, but, but like <laughs> Vince is basically getting his rocks off sexually assaulting her on live TV every week. Yeah, I mean, I assume they just would never go anywhere near this kind of thing these days. Um, it's it's creepy. It's weird. I just it's uncomfortable. It's not I don't good. like it. It's not good, is it? Uh, and you know, as a as a match when it starts, I mean, it's it's almost unwatchable. No, I do. Uh, do you know what? I, I've got zero notes apart from Stephanie's wrestling in her jammies. That it's no good. It's no good match. I mean, for the people that's in it, it's probably surprisingly all right. But yeah. like, like I, I just think compare that to SummerSlam. 2002 yeah. that we just watched and compare it to today um, compare it to five years ago like like women can wrestle mm-hmm. uh, and put on good matches um, and this is just a load of shite yeah. it's just soap opera stuff isn't it Russo, yeah. Russo's still there then? Well, yeah. 2000, he might be at WCW at oh, this really? point oh, I yeah, think you're right. Ah, you're right yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I I've got I've got a couple of notes about like you know there's much excitement when Steph throws a jug of water over Trish and King shouts something about wet t-shirt or something like that. Um, so Regal ends up running down to the ring because he has to execute something he doesn't know what, but he kind of starts wigging it and uh, he he takes out the referee. Um, there's been a double face plant situation, so they're both down on the mat. Regal takes out the ref. Regal puts Trish on top of Stephanie and then as he's got out of the ring he suddenly changes his mind like thinking this might not be what Vince wants so he puts Stephanie's foot on the ropes and then uh, we've got Trish slapping Regal Regal then takes Trish out so uh, Stephanie gets neck the breaker, it's right. yeah so Stephanie gets the pin win and you're left not knowing and Regal clearly doesn't know either whether this is what Vince wanted but we find out just just after that this is not what Vince wanted. And uh unfortunately for the audience there's there's gonna be a Regal and Steph against Vince and Trish match on Raw the next day. And it, <sighs> was it at this point that you paused the pay per view and and threw on that episode of Raw just to watch that match or uh, I didn't. No. Um no, I, I, I must have something must have happened because I would have normally, obviously. But, uh, yeah. Right, right, right. Forget all that. Let's forget it. Okay. Let's get serious. Austin, Triple H, three stages of hell. Here we are already. Three matches in? Yeah, it's not... There's, what is there? Seven matches on the card. Yeah, and they have to space this out a little bit from the, the main of the title match because basically, just even from the intro of this pay-per-view, it's kind of sold as a two-match pay-per-view. Yep. Uh, it's the three stages of hell, Triple H... And Austin, and it's the title match later on. Um, yeah, I, I, this I think was the only thing that I kind of remembered from when I was younger and had watched this. 
Um, I couldn't really remember like the title match, or and I didn't remember every element of this, but I kind of remembered how it went in terms of the pinfalls and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and I remember this must just be what age would I have been here? Twenty, right? So I was maybe too emotionally attached to the greatness of Austin to believe that Triple H should be competitive in a situation like this. Right. That's interesting. Um, that I remember being not just really annoyed <laughs> that Triple H won, but also really shocked, like the that they would have someone beat Austin in a situation like this. It, it really surprised me. Sweet um, naive child. And now I had said to you um, before the podcast that my appreciation of Triple H has grown. Since then, mm-hmm. um, I think for a while I just didn't buy him as a main event guy. Um, but you know, I, I grew to you kind of got forced to because he main evented <laughs> every pay per view for about five years. But um, I think you know, the the sort of character and the work, uh, I appreciated it more as, as I got a bit older. Mm. It's funny, I think, I think looking probably looking at it based on now, I always liked Triple H, but he was forced down your throat, wasn't he? Um, yeah. round about 2000 um, I, I almost felt like Triple H was bigger than Austin in this match I think because I think because it almost feels like Austin went obviously Austin went away Survivor mm-hmm. Series 99 yeah. Rikishi knocked him down in the car yeah. um, <laughs> not Taz with orange balloons coming at the boot um, <laughs> but like I feel like Triple H carried uh, I think in hindsight, Triple H carried a lot of a lot of WWF in Austin's uh, absence. Probably at the time it looked like The Rock did, but I feel like yeah. Triple H did. And Triple H was, I suppose, the constant, apart from you know a couple of injuries here and there, mm-hmm. um, where you know The Rock at, at a point left to do a movie. Um, Austin left, then came back, then left, and yeah, he was probably the one they could. 100% rely on and probably future book thinking of mm-hmm. um, whereas I think by this point I can't remember you know when The Rock started doing movies but I'm sure at this stage um, it's it's kind of known that he is going to be in demand from elsewhere in the future so um, I suppose they've, they've got some others you know that have that have come through that are doing well and then you'll have what Lesnar in a year a year and a bit yeah. Um, but yeah he, he he must have seemed very dependable, I think, Triple H. Um, and like I say, I I definitely have more respect now than I did at the time. Um, I, I think I viewed him in the... You know when he was leader of DX and it was like a half comedy role a lot of the time? Mm-hmm. I think I maybe that stuck in my head and that's where he, he felt like he belonged peaked to me. Stuck there, I. Yeah. You, need to, you need to go back and watch the, the interview with him and JR where he says he's the game. Yeah, maybe you that need is to what I need to do. wake up every morning and watch that. Yeah, I mean, every time I look back and watch some of his, like, see when we watched that Triple H, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 02, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, this is amazing, mm-hmm. this is incredible, and what a performance, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's, you know, the, the appreciation of that side of things grew, um, but it, it took a while. I think that's fair. Like, I think 
he's always going to have that asterisk, asterisk next to his name um, because of who he married and mm. who he was friends with and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. A really difficult one. I think he's a really difficult one to try and place um, legacy-wise, but then you look forward in, in NXT and everything else. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's an interesting conversation to be had. Did did you at any point think this will end 2-0? Never. Nah, okay. That's the only issue I have with booking a match like this. Of course. The crowd know 100% that it's... I mean, maybe if it was on a Raw or something like that and it was an established guy against a not, you know, a not-so-established guy, but in this situation, you 100% know you're getting all three. I know. It's like an Iron Man match. It's never going to finish 6-1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I love the build up to this. I feel like um, with the except, you'll 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 be able to correct me. With the exception of the mega powers colliding, Adam, I kind of think of a longer storyline playing out. And admittedly, yeah. it was kind of retroactively pieced together because I can't imagine that they ran him down, yeah. uh, ran Austin down at Survivor Series '99 said it was going to be Rikishi, but then Triple H was the one who got Rikishi to do it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. It's- I mean, it's... Yeah, they, they've clearly decided to um, to change course at a point, but it, they at least made it work, it's, you know. It pieced together quite well. And yeah. I definitely, definitely believe that these two hated each other and wanted to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good thing where they did the contract signing and a, a few weeks or a month out or whatever and said that if they touched each other, then Austin wouldn't get his WrestleMania match um, mm-hmm. against the Rock after, or against the champion, sorry, after winning the Royal Rumble and Triple H would be banned for six months. I, I don't recall them ever doing that before. Um, yeah. It worked. It, it really did a good job of ramping up the intensity of, of them not getting a chance to, to be mm-hmm. near each other. Yeah, yeah, because right at that point you've got uh, Triple H doing a an attack on Austin because I think he's he's faked signing the contracts. He hasn't actually yeah. signed it, Aye. so he gets one last chance to attack Austin. Then he signs it. Um, then Austin attacks Steph. Yeah, he gives her <laughs> um, a stunner. So Triple H's response is to attack Jr. Uh, well known. A close friend of Austin. So all fairly logical in why, there. Why would you not attack Deborah? Nah. Do we think that JR means more to Austin than, than Deborah? Sure, I, don't, I don't think they ever associated them as on-screen couple, did they? I tell I you what, think. well, maybe during the invasion, but that's after this. Yeah. I tell you yeah. what, I never heard of Stone Cold hitting JR with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so three stages of hell, Stone Cold versus Triple H. First match... Straight up wrestling. Second match would be a street fight, and third match, if they'd need it, is in a solid steel cage. It's interesting the way they position this because you're sort of, in terms of storyline, you're you're led to believe that Triple H should be the favourite to win the first fall, the the straight up wrestling yep. match. Yep. Um, and then when it comes to the street fight, that should be Austin. Um, and then obviously they're they're gonna they're gonna play with the audience a little bit here as uh, as time goes. Um, I didn't write a huge number of notes for the first fall. I've got a few uh, about uh, Triple H having a 
selling an, an arm injury. Austin focusing on that. Yeah, um, shoulder. Try, yeah. Basically try to stop him be able, or I think the story was it to try and stop him hitting the pedigree. Um, yeah. And Triple H is sort of selling that when he tries to go for the pedigree a couple of times, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, quite quite early on, he's he's going for it. Um, and you know they've they've both got these pretty well protected finishing moves, so uh, that always helps when mm. you're teasing uh, a finishing move to the crowd like that. I felt I don't know about you. I felt the first fall was quite sloppy. They seem they seem to get a few things getting each other's way, and yeah, um, like the the chemistry wasn't going to be great, mm-hmm. but it it does improve, which is. A bit strange, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd noticed that as well. Um, yeah, we've we've got a few. Uh, you've got a situation. They do this in you know Iron Man matches quite a lot and things like that, where um, Triple H applies the figure of four, um, and it the, the the announcers will tell you it, but the the logic is supposed to be: should you just quit? Because you've got two more falls. Mm-hmm. Um, should you allow the damage to be done by staying in the hold or trying to fight your way out of it and things like that? Um, which is, as I say, they do it a lot in these kind of matches, but it's logical. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put it in the audience's mind. Cause I, I know we've seen some things in, uh, Iron Man matches, like somebody will take a disqualification by, you know, laying somebody out with a steel chair, thinking it gives them the advantage for the rest of the match and they can maybe get, Two falls to one ahead, or something like that. Um, so it's it's always quite logical just to uh, play into a match that's structured like this in a different way. Because um, you know, probably never seen Triple H tap anyone out to a figure of f- figure four. Um, but in this environment, you can see the logic. I d- didn't expect it to happen, but you can see the logic. Aye, and Triple H doing the whole heel stuff, hanging off the ropes and all that, trying to get some advantage. Um, yeah. I think I mean this is probably the worst the worst of the three is it like overall yeah. it's, it's a brilliant match um, yeah this is sort of the it's almost like a warm up isn't it yeah it's it, exactly like a warm up actually and it's just just them sort of getting going um, yeah and there's a we've got triple uh, Austin going for the stunner um with Triple H countering, um, and then we end up with Austin hitting the stunner. Um, yeah, Triple H does one of those. I'm coming off the second rope, but I don't really know what what I'm going to do as I yeah. <laughs> come down. Yeah. He hits him with quite a sloppy stunner. Um, yeah, and gets yeah, it wasn't the best. I mean, it wasn't the the one on Vince at uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, but it wasn't the best. No. Um, so yeah, Austin winning the first fall, which was the wrestling match, which is. Uh, a surprise, um, just in the way it's pitched to the audience, because you know Austin can't wrestle. No, um, he's a brawler. Yeah, so yeah, he's uh, he's gone one up, um, and then it just immediately goes, doesn't it, into yeah. the street fight? Yes, yeah. and it feels to me as if a a switch is flipped here. Um, mm-hmm. They go straight to the outside. Austin starts doing suplexes on the on the runway, but yeah. Um, they're in the crowd, and you're like, "Oh, now they're into it!" Like this, this feels like two people that hate each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going all out, um, and I've got here that this street fight, similar to the one with Shawn Michaels, this is a type of match where Triple H does just excellent selling. Yeah, he, he does a really good job of getting beaten up. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I, uh, I do like Triple H in this environment because he, he sells well, but you also know with the character he plays, to be honest, regardless of whether he's a babyface or a heel at the time, that he'll do anything to try to win because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's had that character trait about him all through his career, basically. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like him in this environment. He's, I'm never sure how I feel about like, you know, weapons matches and things like that because they, there were so many of them rammed down our throats. Um, you know, we talked about the hardcore title and the hardcore title being a 24 seven thing. And basically every pay-per-view had those matches. And I, I kind of used to think, well, one match is fine. It's taken away from it a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, we've had the hardcore match earlier, but you know, nobody cares about that. So, um, this is, this is obviously far superior to anything we saw in that. Um, and I, I'm probably a bigger fan of the street wrestling matches rather than street fights in general. But mm-hmm. this this is pretty good. Like you say, the intensity really ramps up. And I don't know if they were, to some extent, trying to pace themselves a little Save bit. Save themselves a wee bit, possibly. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, they go 40 minutes, I think, overall, roundabout. Yeah. And I suppose if the if the wrestling match had been particularly intense, and I don't know what... You know, there was a lot of story that Austin had to change his style after his neck break. And Mm -hmm. before that, he'd been a good ring technician. Then he just kind of became more of a brawler Mm -hmm. at that point. So potentially the the sort of straight up wrestling match, they couldn't go out and put on an absolute clinic. Um, Maybe it just, it just wasn't viable. So they potentially just held back deliberately a little bit in that. Yeah. Well, they're they're certainly not holding back here at all um, you've got a 2 by 4 wrapped in barbed wire we've got sledgehammers we've got hellacious chair shots uh, both both men end up bleeding um, I think at one point I can't remember what it is that, that opens Austin up or is kayfabe supposed to open Austin up but he, um, he clearly nips behind JR cuts his head and he puts the blade on the on the table that is used and, and King like knocks it away. Oh, did he? <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I've got in my notes. It was the, the they sold it as being from the barbed wire two by four. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I'd, it, it was clear as I was watching it that he bladed. I just couldn't, I didn't notice the blade and I, I, I noticed exactly when he would have done it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Funny. <laughs> that's twice we've watched pay-per-views where it's been it was um, King of the Ring 98 as well it's so obvious where Austin mm-hmm. like sort of nipped away and cut himself sort of thing <laughs> yeah um, they eventually get to a point where Triple H has or one of them has cleared the Spanish announce table yeah Austin then begins clearing the uh, like JR and King table um, they get to a point where they're up on the tables Triple H is going to pedigree Austin through the through JR and King's table and instead takes a bugger a backdrop. Basically misses the Spanish announced table yeah. almost altogether and lands straight on the concrete. It looks brutal. Yeah, I didn't like the look of that. Like, I, I, as, as someone who, you know, just because I'm middle-aged, has experienced back problems, I, I look at things like that and just think, no. It, it, oh. I, I don't know how you don't do significant damage doing something like that. I don't know. 
adrenaline must be flowing to be able to just I mean it, it absolutely looked like it didn't go the way it was planned and I'm sure the way it was planned was a lot safer of a bump but you know these these things obviously happen aye aye so that, that was a, a bad one um, aye like I say Triple H gets just absolutely rattled and it happens a lot he gets rattled with a, a chair shot for Austin Austin's terrible for some of these chair shots yeah um, but like it, it at the time, we would have just been like, "Whoa, amazing!" Yeah, <laughs> you look yeah. back and you're like, "What yeah. on earth?" Yeah, it's it's harder to watch now than it was then. No, definitely. Um, inevitably, the sledgehammer comes out, like we said. Yeah, uh, and that's that's pretty much the decider, isn't it? Did you hear um, Lawler when? <laughs> And the the sledgehammer comes out. He he sort of accuses Jr. of having brought all these weapons along because it's brought out from under the announce table. I like that. I've never seen it. I've never seen a weapon be pulled out from underneath there before. I quite like that. <laughs> oh, like you say it ties into Triple H assault and Jr. and all that before. Yeah, um, yeah. We've we've got uh, Austin going for a stunner but Triple H has, has picked up the sledgehammer, catches Austin in the face with it, then hits the pedigree which has been teased so many times earlier in the match but he, he executes it this time so uh, we're we're tied at, at one all, and uh, to everyone's astonishment we're, we're going to stage three, the, the steel cage <laughs> The crowd are in silence <laughs> and as the cage is coming down, uh, Lawler likes to Men, you know, Lawler mentions a few times they should have cleared the ring before this cage comes down because we've still got the barbed wire two by four. I yep. think the sledgehammer <laughs> might still be in there as well. Yeah. Um, and at this point in time, you you're thinking they must be spent. How how are they still going to do? You know, like a, a a decent match in a steel cage to rival the street fight they've just put on because isolated that street fight was pretty class alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they slow it down again. They spend a good portion of this rubbing barbed wire in each other's face. Yeah, which is I mean fair enough. It's not it's not my favourite way of you know spending time, but yeah, each to their own. Aye. Um, we did get two really good surprising kickouts of finishers. Uh, uh, we get pedigree. Austin kicks out at two point nine, um, yeah. and then. We get a stunner after Austin hits a sort of slingshot into the side of the cage. Triple H comes back off, hits a stunner, and again, he kicks out 2.9. And that, yeah. that really ramped up the drama. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I'd totally forgotten how this finished, had you? Uh, I'd, I couldn't remember it at the time. Um, I knew who won, and I knew like the order in which the falls went. Right. But I couldn't remember the finish, because what I was thinking was... Um, because I knew going into this that I'd been annoyed as a younger man watching it, uh, thinking, how dare they put Triple H over, you know? <laughs> but to be honest, they, they couldn't have done it much more in a way that kind of protects Austin. Aye. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking about... Uh, 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 let's go into that after. Um, yeah. So when I saw them, Austin picks up the barbed bar wire, yeah. two by four. Triple H picks up the sledgehammer. You can see where this is going. They're going to do the Apollo Rocky thing at the end of was that at the end yeah. of Rocky two, Rocky three, um, yeah. They both hit each other at the exact same time. Austin falls first. Triple H flops on top of him um, and gets a one, two, three. 
Austin's obviously going on to WrestleMania. He's won the Royal Rumble. That's secured. Yeah. Uh, you're you're keeping him. Rel- I mean, you, you, Austin get beat every single week for a month. You're still keeping him strong, regardless. Yeah. It's Stone Cold. Um, but this, uh, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. me, this felt like a, a huge win for Triple H. This felt like a catapult. Um, yeah, I think I think this is maybe like, I think you've hit on probably what the biggest difference I would think now, like just trying to be a bit more logical about it than rooting for the guy I wanted to win, <laughs> um, which is that you need to build people up as you go. And you could put, certainly around this era and for the, the few years before, you could have put Austin in any title match at five minute warning and nobody is debating his right to be at the top of the card. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Triple H, this kind of win, you know, matches he's, you know, he's, he's been, he's been to the top and he's been hovering around just below for a long time. But this kind of win can give you every reason to then push him to, to the, the very top. Uh-huh. Um, cause it's, it's over. The biggest star in in that era of wrestling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can I can understand it now and looking thinking, I think it was the right move to put Triple H over, um, and maybe even wondering if they should have done it a bit more definitively. But you know, um, you at the same time you don't want to crush Austin when he's got a title match coming up at WrestleMania. It's funny, you, like you think about some something like that happening now. Say twenty twenty two Royal Rumble. I can't even remember. Nah, I can't even remember who won Royal Rumble or anything like that this year. But say, say Drew McIntyre won the Rumble, and then at the next pay per view he fought Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins beat him. You'd yeah. probably expect him to be doing a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, because I'm not sure where Triple H goes after Triple, tri- triple H. Basically, Triple H comes out. Uh, the next night and says I've beaten everybody there's nowhere else for me to go and uh, Undertaker comes out and says well you've never beaten me ah, um, okay. do you remember okay. they have Kane I think Kane like hangs Stephanie off a bridge or something like that and it's like ah. fight him at Wrestlemania or whatever Yeah. so <laughs> Triple H Undertaker at Wrestlemania 17 of course um, hi this was, this was good, this was really good yeah it's really engaging um, because you kind of get drawn into it. Um, yeah, it's it's nothing like the Triple H Shawn Michaels match in a way, but in another way, it's, it's similar in the way it kind of grabs you and pulls you into it. Aye. Um, and you know some of the brutality as well. And you've also got that sense of this isn't over. You know, you've still got somewhere to go if you need to. Uh, you know, a little bit further down the line. Um, because much as uh, Triple H picks up the win. Uh, Austin's the one that walks out because he hits yeah. a stunner yeah. on Triple H after, after the match. Um, whereas, and then Triple H with his victory in his pocket needs some assistance, get, get like leaving the, the, the ring. Um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely didn't hurt anyone. Um, it was a good match. It was very watchable. It's kind of, you know, it's not a great card, this, and it's not a great pay-per-view, um, but this match shone. Absolutely. Uh, the amazing thing to think about is that from here, you have Austin turning heel and beating The Rock. Yeah. You have him um, teaming up with Triple H the following night after that WrestleMania. 
Yeah. You've got a two-man power trip, and then you have Triple H, Terry's quad, and he's yeah. out, he misses the whole invasion. It's crazy the way that that whole thing has weaved itself, and I don't think you ever get Triple H in Austin again. Yeah, that, that'll be right, I'm sure. Because when he, when he does, is that the time when he comes back, it's Jericho as undisputed champion mm-hmm. and yeah. Triple H is going to WrestleMania and Stephanie's aligned with Jericho and all that. Yeah, yeah, and, and round about then, Austin's feuding with the NWO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Bizarre. It, it's a shame. Yeah, because yeah, it, it definitely felt watching this like there's, there's more mileage. Because I, I quite often think... You know, sometimes things like a a cage match are are done too early in a feud, but there's no, there, there's definitely no feeling that there's nowhere to go here. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, plenty of matches these two could have had, um, and yeah, it's a it's a shame thinking about that that, that didn't wasn't really able to happen. Yeah, because like it, we were talking about the build up from SummerSlam, Survivor Series '89. But they've they've not actually had that many matches. Um, mm-hmm. I think they maybe had one. Maybe I want to say No Mercy two thousand or something like that. Um, something like that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming. I made that up. No, um, uh, no I think you're right. Um, I'm assuming they were still aligned when Triple H tore his quad. Ah, it was. Austin, I so, think it was Austin and Triple H v Jericho and Benoit. Yeah, what? I think that's right. So you've got to assume that at a point they were going to build that for the two of them to split. How and good, how have, good that be? Yeah, and there, there was just never the chance to do it, which is a shame. I can I can smell a, a fantasy booking episode coming <laughs> on. <laughs> um, let's let's put Austin and Triple H to the side, um, and march on with this. Pay-per-view. Um, okay. Because we've went to the highest of highs. By the way, um, Meltzer gave that four and three-quarter stars. Okay. Like, it's one of the most, sort of, most infamous matches that never got a five-star rating. Right, yeah. Um, so there you go. And I'll tell you, you'll be shocked at what Meltzer gave the main event. But anyway. Okay. I'll tell you what I give the main event That's when we right. get there. Fuck a Meltzer rating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our next match, we've got the right to censor, um, and we have Miss Kitty, who I think is now going by the cat. She's um, she's, yeah. she's grown up, much to <laughs> Jerry Lawler's uh, annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, right to censors, Bill Buchanan, Stephen Richards, the Good Father, Val Venus, and Ivory. Um, and they're basically going around being dicks, spoiling everybody's fun. And one of those people is the cat who just wants to get naked. Um, because obviously, because 2001. Uh, and like 98% of that crowd want that to happen as well. They do. Aye, they do. <laughs> um, King, who in real life is married to the cat, takes up for her. Um, on a on an episode of Raw or SmackDown, and says, "I think Stephen Richards says you can challenge any any of the members of right to censor, and if you win, um, she can get naked. If not, she has to join the right to censor." Can't believe I'm sitting here explaining all this. Uh, and King says, "I'll I'll fight you then." So so that's why we're here. 
Uh, I do not have an awful lot of notes, but I tell you what, Adam, I thought the king, like the king, can work. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's a legend. Um, I know that by the time he he got to WWF, um, his his best years, you know, his his Memphis years, where he's I think the most popular wrestler of all time, mm-hmm. and basically ruled that territory for forever. Um, I think his his best days of regular working were behind him, but he's he's still good at a lot of the elements, you know. Um, I think he's sort of known or considered to have the best working punch in in wrestling, um, and he he can he can perform his moves, he can sell, he, he can basically do what you need to do for a match. Yeah, he's um, quite good again, at working a crowd. Yeah, he is. Um, and again, he's he's one of these guys that. I just didn't like when I was young, you know, particularly when he first came in and he had like a program with Bret Hart and all mm-hmm. that. And I was thinking, this guy is nowhere near the level that, <laughs> you know, because I, I had no idea what Memphis wrestling even was at of that course. point. Um, but it's sort of later on, you, you, you gain a bit of respect and appreciation. Um, but yeah, he, he, he can work a match. Um, I don't have many notes either. I've got something about the cat. Hitting the king with the with the women's title accidentally. <laughs> that's um, literally the finish. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, that's my first note. <laughs> I was surprised that the right to censor didn't come and get involved in this. Ivory gets up on the apron a couple of times. Thought yeah. it'd be a bit more shenanigans. Um, I genuinely expected. I can remember her getting naked at some point, so I expected King to win. Ah, um, okay, but okay, but yeah, like yeah. you said, she hits him with the title by mistake and. Richards gets the pin. Yeah, I've got Stevie Richards wins. The cat is carried away against her will by the right to censor and will never be naked again. <laughs> um, and then I've written, she will be a never nude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um, she, they put her in a, in a sack for unknown yeah. reasons. Yeah. They never put the good father in a sack, did they? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> also, Stephen Richards does the whole train, which was weird. Yeah, I always liked Stephen Richards. Uh, I, I didn't. I, and you know, looking back, I don't hate the idea of having this group that are you know want, especially given the era we're just coming towards the end of, where it's all you know uh, childish gestures, nudity. Uh, innuendo, all that. I think this kind of group makes sense. I, I don't know if it was ever executed all that well. Um, Their music's I, horrendous. Yeah, yeah. But it's supposed to be. Yeah. They, were, they were supposed to be like a rib on some sort of parental council or something like that, weren't they? Yeah, I think people who regularly complained about the contents of the show. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're just openly mocking that. And I, I, I do think it's quite a good idea. I don't know, maybe it just never enough story or effort quite went into it or, mm. or walks. Again, some of the performers in it did well in other roles. Um, it just didn't quite click. B squared, are you talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, like, there's even logic to <laughs> Val Venus and The Godfather being in yeah. right to censor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, Kat is gone. She apparently, I was listening to JR talking about it and he was like, he, he he was head of talent talent relations. That's, that's what you were alluding mm-hmm. to. Um, 
and he didn't even know what she'd done. It was just that she'd yeah. p- pissed off Vince and, and he uh-huh. wanted her gone and she was going to be gone that day and that was it. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. It must be a brutal job because, you know, you're working with these people every day, basically, and then one day you're just told for no reason that you're given that person has to go. You're They're done. Aye. Yeah. So, from there, the sort of um, what's the opposite of a heater? <laughs> the, a the cooler. Ma- the co- oh, there you go. <laughs> the cooler match. We go to what I expect they think was probably going to be a heater. I've been such a Debbie Downer on this pay per view, but I hated this next match as well. This is a tables match for the tag team championships. We've got. Edge and Christian versus Dudley Boys versus Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane. Yeah, I didn't really like this either. I don't know, like, it, I was trying to think in my mind, is it because we've been spoiled by, you know, some of the Edge and Christian, Dudley's Hardys, you know, those, those type of matches, and then you, you bring in Undertaker and Kane into this kind of innovative, fast-paced, tag environment I don't know it just didn't it didn't work I, I don't know I, I don't think so it, it felt I've never watched a, a match round about this era now I think you get these matches where it just feels like spot after spot after spot people mm-hmm. coming in for their little bit and going back out again that's what this felt like to me like this is the spot where Undertaker and Kane do uh-huh. a number of yeah. different moves all the same Um the Dudley boys need to lie down in the in the aisle for a while whilst they do this. Yeah, yeah. So it's really weirdly choreographed, if that's the right word. It didn't it didn't grab me, and you know I've I've got some notes, but it's all just you know this move was performed, that move was performed. Um, I, I didn't get into it. I just wasn't I wasn't feeling it. Um, and again, like this is a triple threat match. Six men already being used. Yeah. Harking back to what I was saying right at the start here, we then shoehorn two more people in for whatever reason, to probably because Undertaker and Kane are these monstrous characters. You need some way of getting them out of the, the finish, getting, mm-hmm. get, getting a way of logically them not winning the titles, basically. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Rikishi and Haku come down and, and start attacking them yeah was there any explanation at all about why <laughs> they were getting involved no uh, it was strange I mean it's, it's maybe just they, they wanted to make their mark on this big powerful you know team I, I, it seemed really why not just random. Make, make it a fatal four way and have them in it yeah um, yeah it, it seemed strange it was it was, and like Rikishi was like so over as a face, and then they tried to do something a bit different with him, and he had that "I'm a ba- I'm a bad man" music and all that, and it just fell flat on its face. I think, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. He when he was with um, is it too cool? What was it called? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that worked, and I get maybe that kind of thing has a short shelf life, possibly, um, and you're not maybe developing you know you're maybe not ever gonna win a a, t- a big title being in uh too cool but 
I don't know, it worked. The crowd always popped for it uh, whenever they were doing their little dance. Um, it did. It was hugely yeah. over. Yeah. Um, was it... Basic, did he basically turn with the it was me, Austin thing? I did it for The Rock, brother. Yeah. yeah. So they obviously had bigger plans at a point. It feels like it's obviously faded away long before now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Edge and Christian, who we're, well, Christian, who we're big fans of. <laughs> I think I was shitting on Edge the last time we were talking about him, but like, they're just really, really underused in this this match. Yeah. Especially. I, I, I kind of, I was wondering, I've, I've heard, it's been covered a couple of times, I think, by someone from each team that when uh, the Dudleys, um, Edge and Christian and the Hardys were involved in their matches, they would all, you know, talk through the match, get their spots in and all that kind of thing. Mm. It made me wonder if, if you've got like two thirds of that, but you've got Undertaker and Kane in the mix as well. Are they like, well, we're not doing that. Mm. we're not doing those stuff I'm not getting speared off a ladder you know that kind of thing um, I suppose yeah, it has to be a totally different match because in, in those matches everyone has their spots but everyone bumps as well Yep. and you're just not going to get Undertaker and Kane taking those kind of bumps you know yeah. um, and they two do dominate this match yeah pretty much the majority of the match Undertaker's mm. wearing really weird clothes don't know if you noticed it's I like didn't. a padded onesie. Oh, nice. Like Big Evil, but <laughs> Big Evil's a little sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we try to add another strange layer to his character. <laughs> Cuddly Big Evil. <laughs> How does this one finish? Oh, they, I think they maybe botch. Edge is supposed to go through a table. Um, he's running yeah. it. Baba is supposed to hit a spear. Baba moves. But the table is no for budging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they so sort they, of chuck Christian through. Yeah, 3D. they do what looked like an impromptu 3D yeah. uh, through the, the table. Um, I always think the 3D is a really cool move. I'm a fan. Yeah, um, definitely. And so I was happy enough seeing it, but it did not look like that was that was the plan. How how um, of an era is it? Is the the WhatsApp the WhatsApp? Yeah, I put that in my notes somewhere. The Dudley's doing the WhatsApp on Edge. You just get the tables. Yeah, you just. Uh, I, I don't know if that kind of thing would get over now. I don't know. It'd obviously have to be something from a more modern advert, but yeah, <laughs> it's funny to think. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> so that that's basically that is that is us. Um, we've got one thing left to do. We've got the rock. With Michael Cole, yeah, and instead of doing one of his hilariously entertaining um, promos, it must have been around about this era when he did the amazing promo going into Armageddon. Yeah, it was his Armageddon two thousand, yeah. where yeah. he like um, uh, he did impressions of everybody that was in the match. That's an amazing promo. It was brilliant. But we've got serious rock here, and uh, all he seems to be doing is imitating a clock. <laughs> I don't really like uh, it. Do you like it? Nah, it, the, this whole show, The Rock, really pissed me off. We, we were talking about him being quite bland as a face round about SummerSlam 2002 and us getting that feeling again here. Yeah, it, th- there was... Because uh, in this, you know, through everything he does, there's actually heel elements of it. And I, I was looking thinking, Kurt Angle's obviously a heel here. 
So they wouldn't want heel versus heel. But Rock was always a bit more interesting with that slight edge to him. Um, and, you know, when he's just a arrogant, cocky prick. But when he's a baby face and he's getting the crowd cheers, that arrogant cockiness, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I don't enjoy it. But he really annoyed me throughout this whole thing. Yes, talk about it. Okay, firstly, why is the champion... Kurt Angle coming out first. I don't know. I, the, the, I hate that. That really annoys me. Um, the only thing I can think of is for for a rock pop. But you can still get yeah. a rock pop when I'm coming out first. You can. It's it's a disgrace and it's disrespectful to my American hero. Oh, you're so, working. Okay, let's see. I, 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 I always liked Kurt Angle. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I'm always working, brother. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, but like he's 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 incredibly unfairly treated through this. <laughs> anyway, right. So we start the match. We're going back and forth. Angle is in control because he's out wrestling the Rock. So the heel is just straight up a better wrestler. That, that's that's just a fact. Kurt mm-hmm. Angle, agreed. Incredible wrestler. Agreed. Um, it's a slightly odd way of positioning it, but to be honest, beyond Benoit, could you really realistically have somebody out wrestling Angle? Probably not. I think the crowd would maybe smell bullshit in, mm. in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got the sort of threat of the ankle lock um, and Angle's going for it, Rock's near the ropes. He gets there quite quickly. Um, I always prefer it, to be honest, when maybe this is the one thing the Rock did here that I didn't mind. Um, when they, If they're going to get to the ropes, don't, don't be in the hold for ages, get there quite quickly because I want to keep that hold being something that's... Uh, that's pretty vicious, pretty yeah. dominant, and it shows you that this support, like the challenger, that's possibly the favourite, fears mm-hmm. that big style. So he needs to get to the ropes. He's desperately yeah. clawing. Yeah, I need to go with this. This yeah. is bad news. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's fine. Um, we've got like a, a Samoan drop by the Rock for a two count, um, and then he uh, hits Angle with a suplex. He's starting to get a little bit of momentum going, but then Angle throws Rock through the ropes to the floor, and uh, Rock starts selling his uh, his hurt knee. Um, now, if I, I jump, I assume this happens quite quickly, but I'm jumping straight to the Rock hitting a DDT, but then the Big Show's music hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, why? So why? Yeah, why do we need the Big Show here? Why is his music hitting? And yeah, if you're doing a run out, <laughs> well, I'm just it's really kind of the element of surprise is kind of thrown. And also trying to think of the logic backstage. Right, I'm ready to do my running. Can you can you just cue my music and play now? Let's go. <laughs> ready to go? Come on. Um, so yeah, that's that's just silly. Um, for a run in the music shouldn't hit and I'm saying that but I, I suddenly had a memory of do you remember the Raw when Mick Foley won the, the title mm-hmm. um, when you've got like DX round the ring and the Nation round the ring and all that yep. um, when Austin comes out to interfere his music hits but the pop when his music hits is incredible um, so that, in that situation okay that's but, fine yeah, yes. it's crowd, different. Are, crowd are not going crazy for the hardcore champion Wandering nah. out here smoking a fag. I mean, we've we've already had him in a match that stunk the place out. We don't need to <laughs> see him again. <laughs> so um yeah, he he comes in and, and choke slams everyone. So he chokeslams the ref, Kurt Angle, and the rock. Disqualification. Um, 
Well, Match is I over. Mean, but also, what what was the point? <laughs> well, The Rock had beaten the big show on the SmackDown to get the title shot against Angle. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I want to say that he rock-bottomed him on a chair whilst the referee was distracted. So I am so, assuming we're supposed to think that Big Show's annoyed about that. Yeah, I, and I get that. If he'd come out and just attacked The Rock, um, but he's, he's, he's laid out everyone. Now, for the story and the way they want to go with this, they have to have a ref bump, which I, I, I get because that's that's going to come into play. So poor Mike Kiora, he's out. He's he's gone. He's, he's destroyed. Uh, yeah. So we've got um the, the I think a few refs come out to try and help him out. They do. Um and then uh Earl Hebner is uh is going to take over. So uh Kurt Angle makes a cover. It's it's a two count. Um the Rock blatant cheat that he is. Um he gets the title belt and smacks Kurt Angle over the head with it. Absolutely despicable. No integrity. Um, you could say there's some intelligence there, but intensity no integrity. as well, but it's, no, two eyes. And then we've got, you know, the uh, my my Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, kicking out at two. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's, he's the best in the world at this point. So, uh, Did you say was, that? Yeah. They, and One of them says it on commentary. I remember thinking, I wonder if that's the first time they've referred to someone as the best in the world. And yeah, Shane McMahon yeah. was like, ting! <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got Rock moving towards Angle. Um, Angle getting an ankle lock on him. Um, I'm a big fan, a big fan of when Kurt Angle really gets that ankle lock logged in and he starts just verbally berating the, per- the, the guy. Yes. I think what he shouts is tap out, you son of a bitch, or I'll break this fucking ankle. Yes, yeah, he does. That's class. I love that. <laughs> uh, Rock gets to the ropes and, and we're like, uh, led to believe the damage is done. So I'm, I'm thinking, go on, finish him, Kurt. Get this job done. Um, Why do you hate the Rock this much? This is news. Just, is it just this pay-per-view? Yeah, he really annoyed me during right. it. Okay. I think the promo, the start of the match... I bet it's not his fault that he came out second, but that annoyed me and I'm blaming him for it. Definitely um, his fault. And then, you know, he's just hitting people with belts. That's that's against the rules. So, that you is. know. You're right. Um, we've got uh, the, Rock, the Rock is now making some comebacks, but Angle keeps cutting him off each time. But then he hits a spine buster out of nowhere. Um, we've got The Rock hitting the people's elbow. Thank God my man Kurt kicked out of that too. Because did did it's just... he Well... <laughs> Did they kick out, or did Earl Hebner make an absolute James I mean, hunt of it? Earl's hand didn't go down. But he did that stupid jerking that thing that he slip does. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I am not having that stupid move beat Kurt Angle. No chance. Um, you see him, Punk. The 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 one thing The Rock does well here for me: good facials. You know, he's doing the disbelief. He can't believe that uh, Kurt Angle managed to kick out of what was a comedy move for, <laughs> for so long. Um, we've got the, the, the... To me, The Rock is acting a little bit heelish, and I know we're probably in an... Well, we're definitely in an era because attitude was all that, but shade, there's shades of grey, you know. Nobody is all good or all bad. That's that's fine. Um, so he's, uh, he's getting a bit heelish with the ref um, and Kurt Angle, you know, just in retaliation for the belt shot, lands a low blow. 
Um, so it's the Rock's own fault. Ref would have seen it if uh, if he hadn't been pushing Earl Hebner away. Agreed. Um, Kurt Angle does remove the turnbuckle pad. I mean, I'll I'll admit that. I'll acknowledge that. Um, the the Rock goes for rock bottom. Angle counters. Angle sends the Rock into the turnbuckle, then hits the Angle slam. I really thought that was it. One, two, Rock kicks out. Um, the Rock then sends Angle into the exposed turnbuckle and poised to hit the Rock bottom. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's maybe, that, that's come back at Kurt. Yeah. He, he should never <laughs> have exposed it. That's, that's his bad. That's karma. That um, yeah. Rock hits the, the Rock bottom. I've got in my notes, yeah, Kurt kicks out. Did he? Earl? No, did he? he did uh, not. And then... Uh, <laughs> what was he doing? Stop doing that weird jerking uh, thing and just count to three. I've always thought he's a really good ref, but that, yeah, that was weird. Um, rock hits another rock bottom and that's it. So it's it's taken two rock bottoms uh, to, to put away the, the champion. And a people's um, elbow. And a people's elbow. And a um, belt shot. I, I assume... So Rock Rock's won. He's new champion. Um, I've I've got in my notes here. Are we meant to just forget about the belt shot? <laughs> Kurt having Rock pinned for twenty minutes before the ref came in and all that. He was screwed. Um, and the Rock shoving El- Earl Hebner. Did he do that for Brett? I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I just wasn't happy with the Rock here at all. Um, and we know, you know. From a business point of view, if you've got the opportunity to have Austin Rock as your main event for WrestleMania, of course you should do that. But poor Kurt Angle. I mean, he's just nowhere now. I can't remember what he ends up doing at that WrestleMania. He fights Benoit. Ah, so he just goes out and has a classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got um, the... I've put right at the end of my notes, a way to Hollywood, you prick. <laughs> I wasn't even on on the the drugs when I watched this, was I? No, I wasn't. Uh, mm. You sound like you were fired up. Yeah, I found and this. Me- like, so I'll tell you what, Mel. What, oh, actually, give us your star rating. Star rating, two and a half. Meltzer gave us four and a quarter stars. Really? Aye. I thought he was always sort of notoriously pretty harsh on WWE stuff. Because that doesn't strike me as a match that should have got anywhere near that. Me neither. I find this boring. I find Face Rock to be quite bland. I've said that already. I find his matches, not Heel Rock, really enjoyed Heel Rock in 98. And his mm-hmm. matches. And like when you think of Rock in 99, I immediately think of Royal Rumble with the chair shots of mankind. But even WrestleMania 15, like a I think I enjoy heel rock. Um, mm. Face rock, everything feels formulaic. His sharpshooter's stinking. <laughs> I hate it. I hate when he does it. Uh, that is not paying. You, you're you're not paying homage if you're doing something <laughs> shit. You're spitting in that person's face. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Hebner <sighs> made an absolute mess. This. There's a good bit where. Um, Hebner and Tim White were helping Mike Kyoto out and Hebner spies the pinfall. So he like he just drops Kyoto <laughs> <laughs> and jumps in the ring. It's pretty class. Oh, um, poor Mike. 
Yeah, I, I, really, I did not like this at all. And I don't know if it's just that high of high of the three stages of hell. I don't know if I was just down on this pay-per-view altogether. But I would never have thought that the pay-per-view before WrestleMania 17 that I would have come away thinking. Do you know what I was actually thinking? Do, like, I was genuinely questioning, like, do I actually like wrestling? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I think the other thing that entered my mind, because I, I didn't love this, I, I really enjoyed the three stages of hell. I, I quite enjoyed parts of the Intercontinental match, but that was about it. Um, but I was wondering, like, I think the last wrestling thing I'd watched was that SummerSlam 2002, which was really good mm-hmm. um, and pretty hard to follow. Um, but yeah, it, I, I imagine if you went and watched WrestleMania 17 now, you would still think it was great. I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just maybe just a bad show. Maybe. And, like, you've got the high of the rumble and then you've got quite a long build-up between the end of this pay-per-view and WrestleMania. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, you've got storylines to fit in. You've got Undertaker Triple H to build. You've got Rock Austin to build. There's been, yeah. you know, like, there's been nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think, what was this, 25th of February and uh, WrestleMania is not to the start of April, so they basically use that whole March to build. Um, so maybe it's to be expected that it's just a case of putting things in a row as far as getting WrestleMania sorted out. But yeah, but that, 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 that shouldn't affect that. That's got no bearing on Big Show coming down with his music no. on in the middle of this match and no. and shoehorning everybody and their granny into, into the matches. Yeah. This is a, a little bit off topic. It's kind of, I don't know. Um, I always think to myself, would wrestling be more appealing now and better now if they massively reduced the number of pay-per-views or whatever they call them now, premium events? Premium live events. Because it it feels at premium events that you, you have to have, whatever your biggest storylines are, you have to, that has to be a, a step along that path. Um, whereas in, in the old days when you had like, you know, say four pay-per-views in a year. You can build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it, I don't know, it, it just seems too much now to let you build. Um, yep. but then they, they you, you constantly hear things about, you know, people's attention spans now and you can't really do the sort of long drawn out storylines. Certainly not as many of them nowadays. Um, I, th- I think. I think the thing is though that people that watch wrestling now, like you don't have, ca- you probably don't have casual fans watching wrestling. So the people yeah. that are watching are probably watching, in, in like um, sort of understand what's going on, and so you mm-hmm. you, pr- you probably can get away with longer terms yeah. s- storytelling. But you know, like when you call your pay per views Hell in a Cell, and you call your pay per views Money in the Bank and TLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're forced into contrive matches. Yeah, that that side of things has has annoyed me for a while because you know I mentioned earlier you you shouldn't have say a steel cage match really early on in a rivalry. It should be the the end point, you know, um, the the blow off. But it's uh, you'll have your biggest storyline nowhere near ready, say for a a hell in a cell match or something like that. But you've got a hell in a cell pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what do you do? Do you ignore that storyline, or do you? Uh, I, I don't like the way they work it now. 
I don't think it's necessary to have these events scheduled for each year, regardless of what's going on. It just seems a bit silly. Yeah, um, same. But uh, the the thing that, that started making me think about storylines was um, that the last sort of, you know, you've got the, the, the tribal chief thing, which has been a long-term storyline, uh, which is, you know, I imagine still going pretty well. Um, just maybe run out of opponents to some extent. <laughs> but uh, I remembered... We were, we must have been speaking Triple H just earlier. Um, and I remember thinking that about that Batista storyline when they were in evolution together. Yep. And then Batista wins the Royal Rumble, but there's two titles. And, you know, it's, I think Triple H whispering in corners to Flair about, you know, what's he going to do and stuff like that. And uh, Batista indicating he's going to go for the other belt. It's fine. And, uh, you've you've got the built-in element of what happened with Orton when he'd won the title, and then Triple H just had them turn on him and and destroy him and throw him out of the group, um, and that was sort of one of the the last like long-term storylines I could actually remember. Yeah, and a guy like Triple H, you know, being a loving wrestling history and all that, he he must love the thought of long-term storylines. Um, but I don't I don't really have any idea whether he'll be in a place of influence again at any point. Mm, doesn't sound like it, does it? And obviously they've undone a lot of what he's yeah. planted in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably quite like to at some point, what, what, what um, sort of year are you talking that Batista stuff? 2003 oh maybe? 2004? Uh, it earlier than that. It's ruthless, ruthless aggression either, isn't it? Yeah, it's ruthless aggression era. Um, well, let let me just have a I don't think I was watching when like evolution were a thing. Obviously, evolution is a mystery, but so is whatever year this was. Are you <laughs> yeah. checking? Yeah, I'm just having a look, and I think the easiest way is just look up when evolution were a faction. Um, 03 to 05, hey. they were a faction. So it's somewhere within there, I think, cool. because I think Batista was kind of, but there would only be two guys left after he'd broken away from them. Um, so the Triple H Batista main event at WrestleMania? Aye. Yes, yes, hmm. they did. Uh, I'll need to keep that in mind for future packages. Yeah, I remember really enjoying the way they did it. Um, yeah, I. I it's a good storyline. It was just a, a a good, you know, week by week. You're just seeing things change, and you start seeing like the knowing looks of Batista when he <laughs> realizes he's they're trying to play him and things like that. And I think that that massively helped his character because he'd always been kind of just portrayed as this, you know, huge monster. Uh, uh, he's um, the and they they gave him character with all this. They gave uh, him personality. Nice. Talking of evolution, do you see Ric Flair supposed to be making a oh, an in-ring comeback? Somebody needs to stop that from happening. I saw it was supposed to be Steamboat. Oh, Jesus. I didn't hear. <laughs> I don't know what age Steamboat is, but Flair's like 76 or something. This is a terrible idea. I've seen footage of Jay Lethal suplexing him. Yeah, so What's that I. all about? Nah, this, this just shouldn't happen. And... I worry he doesn't have anyone in his ear telling him that this shouldn't happen. Mm. He definitely <sighs> seems a bit um, misguided at this point in his life. 
yeah with all the sort of stuff that you read about nobody ever contacts me sort of stuff and everything that comes out of his mouth just seems to be very self-centered and but yeah. yeah please don't wrestle at 76 no no nobody nobody should want to see that unfortunately loads of people will probably want to see it that's the problem yeah what, what, what used to we see sting sting's in his 60s isn't he yeah um, diving off of things <laughs> i think you sent me a clip of that and i i was thinking just just don't do it. I'd like the sound of the role they'd had him in in AEW, um, like you know, as like a a mentor type type person, mm. um, and occasionally, you know, having a tag match with the protege and things like that. That to me, that's how you use someone like that. Um, I don't, I don't have any real. Yeah, he's sixty three. Sting is he? Um, that's amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Um, so, No Way Out 2001, I apologise put my hands up and say that was a bad choice uh, I mean it, it seemed like a really good choice going just before what we know is a great Wrestlemania, mm. so y- you weren't to know I'll try better next time Talking of which what have you got for us next? Okay, so what I de- decided was um, this this pay-per-view is always one that stuck in my memory because of there, there was a unique feel about it and there's a, a crowd which is kind of like no other that I'd really uh, heard before at a wrestling event. I do have a fear that it's maybe like a, a show that's massively centred around the main event and the, the, the undercard might not be the best, but we will find out. Um, mm-hmm. I am picking Canadian Stampede. Yes, ninety-seven. Yeah, it must be. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, 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 yes. They so cr- crossed my mind to to pick as well. So love that. I think this will be fun. Um, it's I'd mentioned to you before. It's quite a short show, so um, the fact that we missed last week. Um, means that I think we can turn this one around quite quickly mm-hmm. uh, for for doing the show next week, which actually ties in really nicely because after that it's my wife's fortieth, so I will probably be unavailable the following week. So this oh, all ties man. in quite nicely. I think. I thought you were going to say she was going to come on for, to celebrate her fortieth birthday, and we could have discussed her favourite pay per view or something. No. Yeah, I think that would have been a struggle. She's she's not a big fan. Um, wow. Yeah, I'd, 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 and I don't think ever was, you know. Do you think you could? Even. Do you think there's a single match you could show her to to change her mind? I I, I don't think so. <laughs> I used to always think that if if somebody says I didn't like wrestling, I would show them TLC two. Okay. So maybe on our fortieth birth, birthday. I so actually on the day. Ah yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah. get her up and make her breakfast and say, Lucas means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've um I've arranged a really nice day for you. Um gonna have a nice meal and then I've I've picked out something for us to watch later on, which uh <laughs> you know I think I think you'll really appreciate. There's um, a rhino, there's a former school teacher, there's thongs, ladders, <laughs> everything. You'll love it. Yeah, it's it's a tough sell, that one. <laughs> well if anybody can do it, I've got 
I love faith in you. Anyway, Canadian Stampede, you were you were talking about Triple yes. H Mankind. Yes. Um, now we actually talked earlier about Mankind, and you know the the fact he's kind of known for helping make or Mick Foley anyway, known for helping make a lot of stars yep. um, and kind of elevate them. And I think always in a helping them be taken seriously as guys that can take a, a lot of punishment. Um, so we'll see what this match brings. I have to say, I don't remember it. Uh, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. The thing that I'm most looking forward to is to see um, which members of the Hart family make an absolute dick of themselves because but oh, there's no. about to be some of them. I'm very concerned. Bruce. That, uh, well, my biggest fear, because I, I do remember the very end of this, and, you know, there, there's there's a lot of hearts in the ring, let's just say. Um, but I've got a horrible fear that, uh, what's her name? Diana? Diana Hart? Oh, no. We just have to keep her away from any and all microphones. Many That's... people. <laughs> <laughs> that would... That would... Ruin this entire show. <laughs> Let's go. Oh no, no. That'd be class if she did the exact same thing again. Oh no. Sean Mooney is standing by, <laughs> and uh, no, Diana, just sit down. Yep. It's a funny main event. I want to say I might have this wrong. It's, it's a it's a ten man tag. Ten man tag. Yeah. Lod. Um... Gold dust. Shamrock. Yep. That's that's and, all I've got. Oh, Austin, Cold. Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the five. Um, that's only four. LOD. LOD. Gold dust. Oh, my God. <laughs> we count an LOD as one. Apparently. <laughs> that's uh, actually three, because Rocco. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. <laughs> what, what else is on that card, do you know? Yeah, I do. Um, so, we have the, the great Sasuke. Sasuke, Sasuke. No, thank you. Uh, t- taking on, I think the the WWE debut of Takamishinoku. Beautiful. Um, we've got a world title match: the Undertaker defending against Vader. Nice. So, what, what, that, what that, era of Undertaker are we talking about there? Sort of. I, I think uh, still Undertaker, Undertaker, but having split from Paul Bearer, because I oh. think Paul Bearer's associated with Vader, and I think we're just a few months away from Kane. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, um, and obviously Vader, big favourite of yours. So, oh, I. Yeah. Um, but this is actually a really short show, so it's just the Triple H Mankind, Great Sasuke against uh, Taka, Undertaker, Vader, and in the main event, oh, that's okay. it. Nice. Um, so it's yeah. it's one. It was an in your house. So it's one of these like is it a two hour pay per view or something like that? Then yeah. you just purely the the in ring action. Really not that long. Um, but there's a lot around the main event. There's a lot of um, a lot of heart business. Y- yeah, uh, and I, from what I remember, like you know, they speak to fans outside. Uh, except is this is it. Montreal or is it that's <laughs> no, Cal it's Calgary. Um so obviously the hearts are incredibly over and from what I remember the reaction for Brett is incredible. Nice. Um and I really like this era because you've got the the dynamic of the hearts and Brett specifically 
being heels in America and babyface most other areas. Um, is that, uh, is that uh, smack bang in this this season? Yeah, is it? amazing. Yeah, and it's it's just brilliant. It's so cleverly done. And I don't think ever really deliberately done, um, but it couldn't have worked better. Really, it's, it's kind of like the best. That's the way that the best things happen, isn't it? It's an organic way of things happening like that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Looking forward to watching that, Adam. Yeah, that'll be fun. You keep coming up with these awesome shows. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Richards v. The King. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just see how this one goes, because I do look at some of the undercard and think, nah, is, tri- we'll is Triple H Mankind a steel cage? No. Is that a different? No. Is that no. SummerSlam? Yeah, I think it's uh, just a regular match, um, and I think it's one of the early, earlier sightings of China, actually. Oh. Yeah. Because he'd, he'd, he'd gone through sort of having a different valley, you know, uh, every time for a while, and then uh, China comes out and China China sticks. Eee. Okay. <laughs> don't don't Google that. Did it? No, definitely not. Uh, that was something that uh, made me laugh. Was oh, I'm going to need to look this up now during the um, during that No Way Out paper view, they show China's autobiography. Um, and I want to say it's it's called something like, something like if you only knew or something like that. Oh. I was like, mm, is that referring? No, this is <laughs> too early in our career for to be referring to our adult film career. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you enjoyed No Way Out two thousand and one, unlike us, um, give us a shout on. On our Instagram page at Outlaws Pod, um, and we will be back next week to talk about Canadian Stampede. Canadian Stampede, yep. Canadian Stampede in your house. Yep. Looking forward to that, Adam. Great choice. Thank um, you. Until then, please take it easy. I hope your foot gets better, buddy. Thank you. Um, and I will continue to ice my balls. Bye. <laughs>